You know, we've had a lot of conversations about you know, certain reckonings that seem to be happening in the world of sports, but this is one area that hasn't gotten a ton of attention, and I'm glad that it is. We're shining a spotlight on LGBTQ athletes. How difficult must it be to be to be queer, to be gay, to be transgender, and to be an athlete in really an environment where there are very few mm-hmm. out athletes. We talk about, you know, the the biggest leagues, the NHL, the NFL, and there are not a, a lot of athletes that are willing to stand up and say that they are, they're fully out. So it, we're going to focus not on those leagues, but on uh, maybe a different area of sports. Well, and when you first look at it, it's in sports entertainment, the world of professional wrestling, you would think uh, on the face of it, that perhaps this is the least hospitable place for somebody who is out. But there's a fascinating documentary out that really looks at the history of wrestling, the history of people who are gay, who have been in wrestling, pro wrestling, back in the past, and who are now today. Here's just a little bit of sample. We're going to uh, talk to the creator of this documentary, the uh, filmmaker, in just a few moments. But I want you to get a feel for what this is, what this feels like and what it's all about. Somebody has to start something. Because if no one speaks up, nothing's ever going to change. It's about time that you're not afraid to come out and be afraid that the promoter's going to squash you down because of who you are and what you are. The ring is the only place I actually get to be who I am. They stereotype me how I look, and then as soon as I start wrestling, it's like, holy crap, this guy's awesome. White man wrestling has had a great 2,000 years, but there's other kinds of it. It is possible an out-from-the-jump gay person can get over, can sell you merchandise, can bring in a house. Kind of an interesting, well, yeah, it's both inspirational but also educational, it would seem. Yeah, that's a clip from Out in the Ring. And we're talking right now with our Edmonton-raised filmmaker and director of Out in the Ring, Rye Levy, joining us now. Rye, good morning. Thanks so much for being on. Good morning. I'm really thrilled to be on uh, 630 Chat. I grew up listening to the station on the top 40 years in the 80s, so this is a full circle for me. Well, we're happy to have you and happy to talk about this project. I mean, you are a a super accomplished filmmaker. You've been doing this for 20-plus years. You've uh, publicized or distributed over 100 feature films. Some have even been nominated for uh, for Oscars. Uh, So quite the resume that you're coming at this with, Rai. I'm curious, why did you want to, to dive into this? this particular area, gay athletes that are pro wrestlers. What made you interested in this? Well, I am uh, I grew up in Alberta on a steady diet of stampede wrestling. Uh, <laughs> so it was in my blood to love it. Uh, and, and it was a very particular type of wrestling because it was nothing like what was on TV with Hulk Hogan because it was different. It was territory style wrestling. So my love of wrestling goes back to that history with Edmonton. And then as an out gay man i decided that when the time came right i would i would approach um telling a story through a queer lens and uncovering a history in a space that i had a connection to and an interest in and i just kept coming back to my love my childhood love of wrestling and decided that i wanted to uncover this kind of what seemed like a bit of a underrepresentation and a hidden history uh in an area that's essentially quite homoerotic. 
you know what? I, I, I share this this love of pro wrestling even as much older adult for the same reason, because of Stampede Wrestling. And, and it, it, it's something you grew up with. But as I was looking at some of the trailers for, for your documentary, I was kind of like, well, yeah, this seems fairly obvious. You had a bunch of imagery of, of different wrestlers over the year. You talked about it being almost homoerotic. So you have you know, characters like Gold Dust, who was an, basically an androgynous character, really, in some ways, and just quite uh, quite... Uh, frightening, but there are there are flowery, feathery capes. There's there's flamboyance, which is the word that gets used for the gay community so often. Man, all those signs have always been there. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it's uh, you know, I mean, the, and the truth is, is that most of that representation was utilized because wrestling grew grew out of these smaller, kind of more conservative uh, territories. So the obvious thing to utilize was something that people would have discomfort with. And certainly homophobia breeds that level of discomfort. So it made sense to use characters like gold dust or even further back uh, to utilize characters like Adrian street in the late seventies and eighties. Um, much like you would you you know, many territories used African-American or African Canadian wrestlers um, and, uh, and villainry amongst, you know, sheiks and mm-hmm. uh, um, you know, xenophobia. Uh, it's it's obviously it's a very simple way to uh, generate um, you know uh, heat or uh, anger from fans uh, when you're dealing with territories like that. Uh, luckily, we're in a different world now where you know we realize that there's a problem. There's obviously a problematic issue with utilizing race and gender, sexuality, and cultural backgrounds as as a way to get you know villainry. I mean, there's obviously we know now better better way you know other smarter ways to do that i mean just somebody has to be mean uh to somebody and say horrible things about them uh to just make you know or cheat (laughs) cheat so now you know so we've kind of you know we've kind of grown out of that in a little bit and i think what it happened what has happened is is that wrestlers now who are out specifically as the ones in my film are finding a way to flourish uh, they've always been popular characters, usually on the villainous side. But what we're now seeing is a growth amongst people who are much more open-minded and broad-minded, and seeing, you know, there's something special about a performer who is living an honest and truthful presentation. Certainly, I think that our 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 societal shift plays into why this would be much more widely accepted now. But we talk about characters and personas, and that's so much of what pro wrestling is. It's sort of adopting this 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 larger than life uh, caricature in a way. So I wonder if because you're almost bringing this sort of theatrical element to the sport, if it's more accepted to be out in this sport than it would be in any other professional sport because let's face it there are very few out athletes in some of our major leagues so do you think that there's almost a permission that's granted in wrestling that's not really allowed in other areas i don't think you're far off on that i think because wrestling is has a unique space in sport i mean obviously it's not competition driven sport per se i mean it's not hockey it's not even you know boxing and mma where we know that, you know, those are unpredictable outcomes. These are predetermined outcomes. This is an athletic uh, presentation uh, that is rooted in sport, obviously, you know, in terms of, you know, simulating combat um, that is presented in boxing and, you know, in martial arts and amateur wrestling. 
And but you add into that some elements that are so entrenched in even in a larger queer culture as well. I mean, you're looking, you know, to look at a Ric Flair's robes is not much different than looking at the gowns that uh, an Alaska or a Bianca Del Rio wear on RuPaul's Drag Race. Right. Um, it, it's sequins. It's 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 ball culture. It's dance. It's flourishment. I mean, it's present presented in this. So so there's a theatricality that I think, you know, has something has been the one thing that has drawn those who are part, who are a part of the larger LGBTQIA plus communities to this, who though that's why they've found that space where they see in themselves the opportunity to possibly find that space. And it's better now than it ever was because the old school presentation in the 70s, 60s, 70s and 80s, which I have an affinity for and quite love, was a lot of very working class guys. I mean, and, and uh, mostly men, uh, because women were often presented as kind of the undercard, um, sadly, at a time. You know, it's better now, but often a long time, women were looked upon, you know, in, in this is a terrible part of wrestling history as well, were looked at as um, the, as the mid, what they called the midget wrestlers or, you know, or the sideshow wrestlers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, so the diff, you know, the, the great thing about today now is that we've seen this kind of, you know, opportunity for wrestlers who now that we've broken out past the, you know, the guy who looks like my garbage man, who just happens to be a large 280 pound guy who can, with a glove, who can punch somebody to now these, you know, athletes, they're, they're, they're gymnasts, they're flipping, they're doing so much more. Um, And I think that that's why, of all the spaces, wrestling has been the one to kind of see the first kind of explosion. Yeah, but right. Give me an idea as to how widespread this is. You said it's a new world today. Is this is this more on the indie circuit? Is it more on some of the the wrestlers that you profiled who are out there right now? Because when you look at the sort of the big promotions like WWE, uh, I remember Darren Young came out as being uh, a gay, and then suddenly he disappeared, and I never heard about him again. Then uh, and he, maybe he's somewhere in that wrestling world. I'm just not familiar with it. The only one I know of uh, in the big promotion is Sonya Deville. And that she's been fairly fairly vocal on it, but that's about it for me. Yeah, you know it's interesting. WWE has these people and have had them, and you know, uh, just in terms of their own corporate structure during the pandemic, they laid off a lot of people. Um, but you know, they do have people there. I mean, you do. You mentioned Sonya Deville. Um, you mentioned Darren Young, and Darren, you know, you know, spent three years there. And you know, again, WWE mishandled that character. Um, they mishandled it in the way they protected him. Uh, they positioned him yeah. as a, you know, a spokesperson for their supposed positive representation of LGBTQ people yeah. and anti-bullying. But, but then in the same breath, they went out and go to the media and say, Darren Young outside the ring is gay, but his character in the ring isn't. Hmm. And one of my wrestlers in the film, a lovely woman, independent wrestler, Raisa Clark, said the only person who should get to separate who you are out of the ring and in the ring is yourself. It shouldn't be some corporate animal that says, no, you're not going to be gay in the ring. You're going to be, you can be gay outside the ring and we're going to parade you around, but you can't live your truth in the ring. And nobody's saying it has to be a romantic love story. Nobody says it has to be an explicitly queer story, but you should be able to live your truth and live honestly in how you present yourself. Now, whether that, advocates in your storyline is another thing but wwe does have these people there i mean they have piper niven they have Shayna baszler 
Um, they have on their NXT level, they have Quincy. Um, these are, you know, they don't have a lot of representation. And the other major company, AEW, has a significantly higher profile of top tier stars. I mean, they have, you know, they've had a two-time world women's champion who's transgender. Their current half of their tag team champion is an openly gay African-American male. Um, they have Sonny Kiss, who is a gender-fluid trans femme performer who wrestles and also acts as a valet on TV. These are positive, honest representations. These people aren't, you know, li- out in the queer storyline per se, but they are allowed to be themselves mm-hmm. and allowed to present themselves as they live. Now, everything is amped up because that's what wrestling is, but they're getting the opportunities. Um, so it is beyond the indies. It's just slower at the top. And trying to convince them but when i started in 20 in 2017 to film i was hard pressed to find nine ten out wrestlers um on any level and 2022 there's at least a thousand hmm. out there across the wow. world wow. on various platforms and wrestling now has a different way of being consumed it's not just your aews and wwe's on television people are streaming wrestling there's uh independent wrestling tv channels uh, and and it go and and those smaller promotions are finding that audience because of those streaming channels, including um, promotions like within Edmonton, you know, promotion like Love Wrestling, um, who have been doing amazing things and getting themselves out there and finding a way to get you know an audience that's outside of just the Alberta and Edmonton market. And now, obviously, an audience for your documentary, Out in the Ring, is what it's called, if you want to check it out. Rye, thank you so much for making the time and for your work on this. We really appreciate it. Thanks so much, yeah, and I hope everybody can come out to Rainbow Visions this weekend. I'll be there for the Q&A. Thanks so much. Take care. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance (laughs) recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. (laughs) For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.